Mick, Mickety Mike on the one, two, checking it. Good evening, everybody out there in podcast land. Um, this is Phil, along with... Katie! Yes, and we're coming at you with episode four of Muggle with a Mike. It is Memorial Day weekend, and I hope that everybody is having a great weekend, uh, staying safe. And today we are going to be talking about a couple different things. Uh, we're going to be talking about the movie The Princess Bride, one of my favorite movies. And we have both compiled a list of our top 10 favorite movies of all time. Yes, I have. And I needed to write it with a pencil, with an eraser, because I oh. couldn't decide what the top 10 were. Well, mine's a little bit fluid as well. These are like at, at the moment, these are my top 10 favorites. I mean, there's so many movies out there, but these are kind of tried and true movies that I can watch over and over and, and uh, never, never get bored of. And there's a couple on here that would never leave this list, but uh, some of the other ones could be changed out with, you know, some others. But for the most part, these are good, solid movies. A good sign that it's one of your favorite movies is if you can quote a lot of it. Yeah, I agree. Many on my list, I could do an audition with the lines that I know. Oh, yeah. I think, well, most of the ones that I have on here right now is like a, a who's who of pop culture. I'm sure that everybody's probably familiar with all these movies I have on my list. But we'll see. We'll see. That means they're good movies if everyone knows them, right? I hope so. Yeah. Well, did you want to mention any um thing for memorial day so memorial day is this weekend we're taping the day before memorial day but it is a day to remember those that we've lost in the military and i do have a family member that um was killed in action in world war one in france so i always try to remember he's my great-grandfather yeah just want to remember him tomorrow um do you have anyone that you're remembering phil um, yeah, I had a, a good friend that served in the Middle East and uh, he passed away recently. So I will be remembering him this Memorial Day. Yeah, and we thank him for their service and their sacrifice. Oh, yes. All right. So we've, I got some movie news for this week. A big thing that I saw that Star Wars has casted Timothy Oliphant for The Mandalorian Season 2. Yes, very nice. Uh, do we know what uh, character he will be playing? I think all we know is he will be in it. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. I'm hoping a Mandalorian, but then... You'll never see him. Yeah, exactly. But this is the way. Anyway, and many people will know him, for me, as an Office fan. He played Danny Cordray on The Office, and he broke Pam's heart. <laughs> mm. oh, he's been a lot of uh, different films a movie of course he was in hitman and he was also on oh shoot of course he was in deadwood a tv show but oh, it's bugging me he was he lived in kentucky was it justified yeah justified oh gone it yes justified I, I really like that show so he was on justified okay so he is going to be in season two i also started watching the gallery I started watching that with the first episode with the directors and it seems really interesting to watch. So I'd give that a thumbs mm. up. 
Umbrella Academy season two is has a release date. I watched the first season and it was pretty good. It's set to release July 31st of this year. So that's exciting. And they premiered that announcement with a YouTube dance video to I think you're we're alone now, which was a big song in the first season. So it was neat that they did it. Anyway, then Phil, I finished the Clone Wars. I still have not finished the Clone Wars. I need to. I need to watch that last um, season. I've heard it's rather good. I haven't had the chance. The first or the last four episodes are like its own movie because it, it's two hours of or about two hours of of animation. But it really puts a bookend on the series. Um, yeah. You know, you know, there's not going to be any more with what happens at the end and they tie in episode three like beautifully with that show after you watch it a while you don't feel like you're watching an animation yeah i've i've uh watched most of the seasons and i i enjoyed them very much now is the last season is animation about the same the animation style i change it much the style's the same but you you see slight improvements Mm. i I was always uh, annoyed with the way they walk because they their knees mm-hmm. are kind of stiff. I see that they've improved that a little bit. The movement is just better, a um, little more realistic. It's a step up, but it's not so noticeable where the previous seasons would look bad. Okay. Well, they did have a couple years kind of like hiatus, so I was kind of curious uh, just going into it if, if they'd improved any upon the animation. And that I assume mm-hmm. they have all the voice actors, original. James Arnold Taylor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're all there. Okay, good. Sam Witwer. Yeah. But yeah, so I was, I, it's really good. I, it's really good. What else, What more can I say? It was really good. Yeah. Okay, so I saw an article on a survey that said they surveyed 1,000 people and it said 70% of people prefer watching movies in the home rather than the theater after the coronavirus? Um, that doesn't surprise me. I know they've recently released a few others like uh, Scoob and some other movies, and they seem to be doing well uh, streaming at home. Uh, studios seem to be making money. I mean, Traditionally, when you're at home and able to stream it, the picture's better. You don't have as many distractions. You can go pause it and go to the bathroom. You know, you don't have expensive snacks. So yeah, I could I can see that. I mean, I'd it wouldn't bother me at all to have the majority of movies that I watch be streamed from home. I mean, there's still gonna be those big event movies I'd want to go see with the crowd at the theater. But really, it, it is a better experience at home, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, it said 13% said that they would attend and 17 said they weren't sure. So yeah. if we're talking 13% of people are going to go see a movie. I'm scared that theaters aren't going to be able to stay open. Oh, there's I, I figured there will be a lot that close, which is sad because you don't want to see all those jobs lost. Well, so... For nowadays, it says that two movies are set to be the first movies out in theaters beginning in July, which are Tenant, um, which is a movie that 
that I just saw a trailer for with Robert Pattinson in it. Is that a Chris Chris Nolan film? Yes, it is. Yes. It looked I, I watched the trailer and it seemed very intriguing. It reminded me a little bit of one of his other films. The same it's stylistic and Inception. Inception, yes. It yeah. did remind me of Inception. And it had a lot of the, you know, the actors that he he kind of recycled some of his actors and there was several in there. Well, and it seems interesting because they give you a little, they give you a little sprinkle of what's happening, and it looks like the guy can like affect time momentarily, or he like yeah. puts things in reverse. Yeah, like a rewind. Yeah. Which I, I've always felt that it's going to be interesting when the theaters open back up, and which studios are going to take the gamble because you know going into it, it's just going to be the unknown it's like the undiscovered country because you don't know how many people are actually going to be willing to go back to the theater how soon you know all the studios are going to kind of be like clamoring for that they're they're want to they're going to want to get their investment back so there could be a possibility where it could be like a kind of a crowded market if a lot of studios put their movies out at the same time but it's going to be interesting to see the first couple movies test the water and and see how they do See who the brave ones are. Yeah, yeah. Well, so another one is Mulan. That apparently they're going to still put that out in theaters. Okay. And it said it said in the in the article these movies may have a longer run due to low turnout, but this is only doable if eighty percent of the theaters are open. With some major cities still on lockdown, that will probably be difficult. Yeah, I mean that was another factor that um, I was thinking about the other day. We were kind of talking about it is even if they release withdrawal kind of the bands on the theater that doesn't mean every theater is going to open it's going to be at their own discretion mm-hmm. so you may have at, at the beginning they may say okay you know it's op- it's it's fine to open your doors but you may have several theaters that just don't for a while or may have um, limited showings mm-hmm. so that's another reason you know several of the theaters may not want to be kind of the first first ones to have their movies, you know, released because you don't know, you just don't know. It's like, we'll, we'll push you off the cliff and see what happens to you. Yeah. And then we'll and jump if, if we want exactly. to. Yes. So, and I think, you know, that might be something, especially here at the beginning when they start reopening the theaters to have them release at the same time digitally and at the theaters so they don't lose as much money. It's not as big of a risk. Then but then you then you're like us doing it digital, someone will do digital rather than going to the theater. Man, it's just it's a puzzle. It's a very intricate yeah. puzzle. It is. I mean it's difficult and you if you're a studio, you run the risk of losing a lot of money by being the first one to dip their toe in the water. Mm-hmm. Well, and like it said in their major cities is where most of the money comes from. So New York, I don't think there's any movie theater open anytime soon. L.A., I don't think that's going to happen. So all those theaters, are they going to be relying on our little rural theaters? Yeah, it's going to be a whole new uh, business dynamic, I think. A whole new Mm -hmm. uh, business model. Some movies that are may turn out that movies will go straight to digital until Christmas. But some movies that are already deciding to go straight to streaming is Greyhound, which was a Tom Hanks movie that's supposed to come out about Mm -hmm. a bunch of military ships that are being hunted down by um, Nazi submarines. Mm. Um, And it was produced by Sony, 
but Apple bought it and they're going to release it on Apple TV now. Mm. You know, I thought of an option too that that some of the studios may do in the interim while they're waiting, you know, to kind of reschedule the the big blockbusters or the tentpole movies that they have in the pipe uh, to see how things are going is they could like re-release like some of the older movies, the classic movies at the theater yeah. and just kind of, you know, it wouldn't be as risky to like release maybe, you know, like Lord of the Rings or, uh, you know, Jurassic Park or, you know, some, some of the movies or even Oscar movies. It wouldn't take a lot to do that. It might kind of break the ice a little bit. I don't know. Well, in 10 years of since uh, Deathly Hallows is coming up next year, mm-hmm. so they could start re-showing the Harry Potter movies in theaters. Yeah. I don't know. There you go. Yeah. I'd be a f- for that. Yeah. Plus, you're not you're not spending all this money on production costs. It's basically just money in the bank. Yeah, because uh, the movie's already made. It's uh, been made. It's... You know, I already got its money back a long time ago. So it's just a matter of, and everything really now is, you don't even have to have a film print because it's digital. They just beam it to the theater and they have a key, mm-hmm. an unlock code. And so they could do that and they wouldn't have much money tied into it. And I know there's some classic movies I'd like to go back and see on the big screen. Oh, I can see all the 1980s you know, teenagers that were teenagers then going and wanting to see back to the future again Yeah, in the theater it, that, that would uh, eat popcorn. That would be fun. Yeah. Yep. I could see him doing it, but it'd be interesting to see how everything unfurls. Oh yeah. Let's see how, how everything shakes out. We're watching history. Yep. Well, that was it. That's all I have for news for today. Okay. Well, Oh, also Artemis Fowl, which was, it was a book series, I believe, is going to be released on Disney Plus in June. Oh. Yeah. And now that's it. (laughs) Seems like there was something else on Disney Plus. Oh, oh, I know. One thing, uh, a spot of news, movie news. Ooh, give it to me. Well, uh, they are going to be releasing the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League. Which ah, a lot okay. of the fans had been clamoring for, because he originally left his his uh, daughter passed away, so he bowed out, and Josh Wheaton came in, like kind of finished the film, and it was I mean if you saw it at the theater it was a little bit choppy I mean you could you could tell there was some stuff missing and uh, the direction had kind of changed a little bit and some fans were really petitioning for that Snyder cut to be released and it looks like. I think on Netflix uh, next year, they are going to be releasing it. He's going to go back in and and kind of finish his vision, and they are going to be releasing it on Netflix. So that is uh, something to look forward to if you're a DC Comics fan. It'd be interesting to see what changes are made. There you go. So I saw that. Again, I'm more of a Marvel fan than a DC fan, but I saw that all over my Facebook feed this week. Mm-hmm. And help me out. So he directed some and then had to leave. Most Is of it. Is that right? I think, uh, uh, yes, I think most of it. I think it was something like maybe, and I don't know, I'm just pulling this number out of the air uh, from memory. But I mean, it was maybe like 80% done. Mm-hmm. And um, he left. And then, like I said, Josh uh, Whedon came in and refilmed like a lot of it. 
and it's it's notorious mm. for you know they had to bring back in Henry mm-hmm, Cavill, yeah, and he had a mustache for Mission Impossible. And oh, he couldn't yeah. shave okay. it. So yes. they digitally did it and it, it looked really bad. <laughs> I and remember this. You, you can't stop staring at it the whole time because it just, <laughs> his, his face looks plastic. Um, so I don't know. It, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, you know, someone's going to do a side by side thing afterwards. Oh, yeah. You think? Definitely. Yeah. Let's transition since we were talking about Disney Plus. Guess what just got added to Disney Plus within the last couple weeks? Mm, I do not know. Princess Bride. Oh, well, there you go. Is that does Disney own Princess Bride now? I'm guessing. Or Disney? I mean, I know that I mean they've bought so many different things. It's hard to keep up with what they own now. I think uh wasn't Princess Bride MGM? Hmm. Yes, it was MGM. By 2000, MGM had acquired the home video rights to the film. Knowing Disney, they bought up so many different things like Fox and mm-hmm. you know, Star Wars. and I mean, The 20th anniversary of the film, MGM and 20th Century Fox Home Entertainment, whose corporate parent is Walt Disney. Okay. Disney owns Fox now, so... Disney owns everything. Yes. <laughs> I've watched... The Princess Bride, since I was a kid, uh, I really liked that movie. And you had never seen it before. No. I, I got you to watch it. And what what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on it? I mean, there is a lot of different pop culture references. It's, it's deeply ingrained in pop culture. A lot of the quotes. Um, I mean, were you surprised at the magnitude of... <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... I went into it kind of pessimistically, I'll be honest, because I recently, I'd never seen The Goonies as of like five years ago, and then I watched, I know, calm down, (laughs) everyone has that reaction, so I watched The Goonies, and again, that's a pop culture thing, but I wasn't a super fan of it, and I thought maybe it was because of my age, you know, I'm watching Mm -hmm. this in my late 20s. Uh, you know, I, that's why I didn't like it. I, if had, I watched it as a kid, I would have had childhood memories and liked it. So I had that feeling going into watching the princess bride thinking I didn't see them. You know, you start off with Fred Savage as a little kid. I'm thinking, wait, I had to have watched this at his age. So, Mm -hmm. but it was not the case. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was funny. It kept me entertained. It, It was a roller coaster. Yeah, it has a lot going for it. I mean, it's it's like a comedy action adventure. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the whole package. It has a little bit of everything. Love story, action, sword fight. I mean, it's it's a good movie. Which is exactly how the grandpa described it when he was trying to get little mm-hmm. Freddy to listen to him. <laughs> and there's a lot of famous actors in it and actresses. Was there anybody that you were really surprised out of the cast that was there anybody that really just like, wow, you didn't realize was in it? Number one was the guy who played Inigo. Okay. Mandy, I never can say his last name right, but. Yeah, go hey. for it because I'm not going to try. <laughs> Potemkin or I, I never have been able to say his name. We're just calling Mandy. Uh, Better than what yeah, I could do. He was in like some of the crime 
Criminal Minds. Ah, yes, Criminal Minds. Did you um, recognize Miracle Max? Yes, that is... Um, oh, hold on. I blanked on it. Billy Crystal. Yeah. And and is his wife played by the... the well, she's a funny little actress. She was in... Um, Carol, Carol Kane. Was she in Scrooged? Yes, she was a fairy. Yes. Um, oh, poor, poor Frank. Yes, that was his wife. And then, of course, Andre the Giant and like Fred Savage and... Oh, and the guy, the guy that played the grandpa is the guy that played Columbo. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, it <But>. is. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> I have a feeling that might come up again. <laughs> it, it might. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was like he like Chris Sarandon played uh, Humperdinck, which do you recognize him for anything? Have you ever seen any movies with him in it? No, I looked him up briefly, but I didn't recognize him from anything in particular. Uh, one of the big things that I remember him from uh, was Fright Night back in the 80s. It was a, a vampire movie. Uh, mm-hmm. He played in that as well as he was in child's play another 80s movie he was the detective in that and he was also i believe the voice of jack skellington in nightmare before christmas oh that's a neat tidbit yeah i don't know um i think he was actually married to susan sarandon i think hmm. they were married i believe don't, I'm not 100% on that. I, I know they're related somewhere, but I think I think they were married. What's his name? Chris Sarandon. Well, uh, that his last name's Sarandon and her last yeah. name's Sarandon? Yeah. I'm guessing they're uh, either related or married. I'm pretty sure they, they were married. Here we go. Uh, his parents were Cliffy and... Cr- and Christopher Sarandon Sr., he has a Greek ancestry. He got married to actress Susan Sarandon in 1967. And then okay. it explains about Susan. And in Robin Wright, that was her first movie, which mm-hmm. she played Buttercup. I'm trying to think who else. Of course, Carrie Car- Elwes. Yes, he's, I, I love him. Um, he was, I realized he is on the most recent Stranger Things season. Yes. Yes, he he was he was, yeah, he was kind of the smarmy mayor. I mean, he's been a lot of stuff too. He was in Days of Thunder. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in Twister. Mm-hmm. The competition. Yeah, he was in Saw, the first Saw movie, and he Psych. Yeah, he was in Psych. He actually wrote a book uh, called As You Wish, and it's. It's his experience on The Princess Bride, which I have the audio book. I listened to it a while back. And, um, you know, it's it's kind of a compilation of his experience. And um, I think he has some of the other actors in the audio book come and kind of tell little uh, anecdotes about filming. And uh, so it's, it's like really interesting uh, book if you if you like to read or if you like to listen to audiobooks and you like this movie, that's a really good book to listen to or read. You also have um, 
Wallace Shawn was in it, who played Vizzini. Oh, the little Sicilian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you uh, do you know what he was from? I mean, some of his bigger roles. Have you? Oh my, he's in been he's been in a lot. I remember him as a '90s kid. Him being in a lot of like young kids movies. Yeah. Um, but give me some to refresh my my mind. Uh, well, if you go way back, he he was, I believe, in the Cosby Show. He was he, mm. he had uh, a couple guest appearances on that. He also was on Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Oh. And probably what you would know him from most was he's the voice of Rex on Toy Story. Yes. 100%. Yeah. (laughs) Did Rex ever say inconceivable? I don't think he did, but I mean, he's got a pretty uh, unforgettable voice. Oh, yeah. Very distinct. Yeah. Well, I read a little... um... I looked up and did, do you know about the, I'm going to, I'm going to really mess up this word, but it's a Matroska structure of film. Um, obviously not. Well, I'm going to try to say it with a Russian accent and it's going to be really bad, but it's the Matroska structure of film is basically a Matroska dolls are Russian dolls. So mm-hmm. the, you know, the rest nesting. Yes. Mm-hmm. So the Matroshka structure of film, normally a film is in three acts, beginning, middle, end. Mm -hmm. But with this type of structure, you have the three-act structure with each act like a nesting Russian doll. So three Mm. parts in each act. Some novels contain side stories within the main narrative. Sometimes the stories can go several layers deep, creating a nested effect. The literary term for a story within a story is called a frame story or frame narrative. So everyone uses the Princess Bride as the epitome of the Matroshka effect. Mm. Because you've got, you start out with them on the farm. Yes. Wesley leaves. And then you find out that she's engaged to Humperdinck. And then you follow the little trio after they Mm -hmm. take her away. And Wesley defeats each of them by sword, strength, and then with his stomach. And then that ends that little story. Then we start with Humperdinck chasing Wesley. Mm -hmm. And then the fire swamp is in that section. And I believe once Wesley and Buttercup are separated, now we're into the next story of how Wesley can get out of captivity. Does this sound... Kind of like it's a Russian nesting doll. Yeah, yeah, it does. So I was there. You go. I I did not. Know, you you taught me something today. Yay! Yeah. And I learned that Vizzini is Rex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so much more. So what? What? Why do you love the movie? I don't know. I mean, I just like when I was a kid, I used to watch it, and I just I. I really liked it and i it brings back good memories yeah it brings back good memories Mm -hmm. if you had to choose one scene that is your favorite that if you could play a character which scene would it be and which character Mm, i like (laughs) i like one of my favorite scenes i think is when they're having the uh, sword fight um and they discover he's not (laughs) (laughs) left-handed Wait, which one though? 
Well, both of them. I mean, it's yeah. like I'm not left-handed either. <laughs> either. I mean, that was uh, I always like that. I thought that was cool. Like, especially like I said when I was a kid and I watched it, I was just like, oh, that's so cool. Well, and I have to say, watching it, I'm guessing both those two aren't good swordsmen, and they had to learn for it. And I thought they were yeah. doing pretty darn good. They did. I mean, because you know, this whole time, you you know, he thought he had. Well, it's like, well, you know what. You're good, but I got to tell you something. I'm not left-handed, and and Wesley knew it the whole time. He's like, "Well, I'm not left-handed either." So. And then Inigo is like, "I have been bested." Yeah. How have it's, I been bested? Watching it as a kid, you're like, "Oh," <laughs> you know, you kind of didn't see that coming. Yeah, I mean, it was just, it was like really cool. Well, because you knew Inigo was doing left-hand, and then yeah, Wesley really learned a lot on the pirate ship. Yeah. What was it? What was it called? The Dread Pirate Dread, Rogers? Roberts. 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 Dread Pirate Roberts. Roberts. Which was a cool concept, too. I mean, it was it was a name that had infamy, and then a new Dread Pirate Roberts would choose the successor, and they would end up being Dread Pirate Roberts. And it wasn't necessarily the person, it was the title. Which is similar to Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. Orlando Bloom's character, he takes over for oh, Davy uh, Jones. Yeah. yeah. But that's because Davy Jones died with this Dread Pirate Roberts. He's just like, I made enough money. I'm going to skedaddle. Yeah. That, I mean, I thought that was a cool concept, too, when I was a, a kid watching. I was just like, oh, wow, that's that's neat. You know, uh, good night. Most likely I'll have to kill you in the morning. <laughs> For for like a year and a half, he said that, right? Yeah. Oh, and then and then the one morning he said, "Okay, you're gonna take my job now." Yeah. I, uh, you know what? I have some trivia questions for you. Uh, oh yeah, that'll be we'll, good. We'll see. We'll see how well you do uh, on it. Yeah. Are you ready? Let me know. Let me know if you're ready. Hold on. Hold on. I'm ready. Okay. The movie The Princess Bride was directed by whom? A. Brian De Palma B. Rob Reiner C. David Fincher or D. James Cameron I know this one. It's B. Rob Reiner All right. And do you know uh, what famous character did Rob Reiner play? Well, he's played many, hasn't he? Famous. I don't know. He was on uh, All in the Family. Like he was. Uh, yes, he Archie was. Walker's... Yes. He's the uh, son. <laughs> he was the son. Well, he's done a lot of guest appearances because he plays on New Girl. He plays Jess's father. And yeah. then he's been in a lot of. Oh, I just watched. Um, there's a series on Netflix called Hollywood, and he plays one of the characters on that. He, he has been like in a lot of stuff. And uh, didn't he didn't he direct uh, like Stand By Me? Was he? The director for that as well? I think so. Yeah. Rob Reiner, oh, very good. You got one right. Booyah. This one's a little bit tougher. So, Oh, no. The soundtrack to The Princess Bride was composed by Mark Knopfler, who was a member of which 80s band? 
Oh, geez. Was he, was he a member a member of the police? Dire Straits, Kaja Gugu, or Crowded House? <laughs> you made up those last two. Nope. Um Kaja Gugu? What the yep. heck? That's um, an 80s band. Look it up. <laughs> okay. I don't think it's Dire Straits. It can't be. Um, what was the first one? The Police. Okay, so they're mostly... No, they're not all mostly British actors. So I was thinking Sting. Ka- Kajagugu did uh, Too Shy. 1983. So I just wanted you to know that is a real band. So Thank you. I needed proof because... I thought you just sneezed when you said that. No. Um, okay, then we're going to just go with D. Crowded House? Yeah. Nope, you're wrong. It was Kajagugu, wasn't it? Nope, you're wrong. No. <laughs> it's either the police or it's probably Dire Straits because it's the first I said that. It is Dire Straits. Yep, he's a front man for Dire Straits. Huh. Get your money for nothing and... And your chicks for free. Yes. <laughs> All right, well... Well, I learned something. You did. In, in the movie, who wrote the book that the grandfather read to his sick grandson? Was it William R. Gold, Bill Goldman, S. Morgenstern, or M. Goldwyn? I saw this, like, on the cover, but I don't, I can't remember. Give me the last three again, because I think it's one of those. Bill Goldman, S. Morgenstern, or M. Goldwyn? I think it's C. C, you would be correct. Yeah! That is uh, William Goldman's pen name. Oh, you were trying to trick me there. Yes. If I'm trying to be tricky, trying to be tricky. Okay, so here's here's another good one. What is the name of Buttercup's horse? Is it horse, <laughs> rose, champ, or black beauty? Okay, it's not D. I really, I really think it's just horse. But wait. Tell me B and C again. Rose and Champ. Okay, I don't think it's Champ. It's either Horse or Rose. And it... Oh, it'd be really funny if it was Reese Cup. Um, let's go with Horse. It is. You're right, it's <laughs> Horse. Very good. I'm so excited, Phil. And I really want you to be proud of me because you <laughs> love this movie so much. <laughs> Yeah, that's you, you're doing a great job. So I th- you've only got one one wrong. So yeah. Um, in the movie The Princess Bride, what was the name of the two warring countries? Oh, I know it! I know it already. Okay, so do you, you don't need my answers? I don't think so, but I'm scared not to take them. Um, what if I say them and get them wrong? Do I still get multiple choice? Yeah. I'll, okay. I'll give you. I'll. I'll let you take a stab. Florin and Gilder. 
Yeah. Yeah. Warren Gilder, that's right. Correct. Yeah, I had Reiner and Goldman, which is the director in the... <laughs> well, let me hear the other answers, because it does take effort to uh, come up with the other answers. R- Reiner and Goldman, Floridian and Grilda, or Glorin and Folder. <laughs> Those sound like dynamic All duos. Right. I should have had Mulder and Scully. There you go. <laughs> I'll, I'll play a little X-Files right there. Yeah. Okay, so what is the name of the character played by Fred Savage? Is it Kevin? Is it Fred? Is it Joseph? Or it was never revealed in the movie? Okay, so it's not Fred. It's also not Kevin, because I think you're trying to throw me with Home Alone. And it's... I don't think it's Joseph because I don't remember Joseph ever being mentioned. So I'm going to go with it never being mentioned. It was never, it was never revealed in the movie. Yeah. Very good. Another one, man, you're rocking this. (laughs) So I didn't want to make these two. I've seen this a hundred times. So all these are easy for me. And I didn't, I know you've only seen it like maybe once and a half. So I didn't, I didn't know how, you know, uh, deeply ingrained, (laughs) Oh, no, Phil. I was like, this is one of Phil's favorites. We'll see if it makes the list. I was going to pay attention, and I put closed caption on so I could get all the details. Okay. Well, <laughs> I have a few that are a little bit more difficult. We'll, we'll ramp it up just a little bit. So I'll probably get them wrong. Here we go. Okay. So how many years of Wesley's life were sucked away by the time he was brought to Miracle Max's hut? Oh, is it tw- 25? No. 51, 50, or 49? That's a good question. Mm. Hmm. He's just mostly dead. <laughs> uh, say the last three again. 51, 50, or 49? It's clearly one of those, or why would they be so close? To throw you off. Yeah, it'll probably be 25. Um... 51. Uh, you're right. It is 51. Man, good job. Okay, so next question. What is the last line of dialogue spoken, spoken in the movie? Was it, read me another story. Will you come back tomorrow? As you wish. Or let's play a game. As you wish. <laughs> yes it's as you wish very good you've only missed one so and i know you're gonna get this next one i know i i mean um, i wonder why yeah okay so peter falk played the grandfather in the movie what famous tv detective did he also play hmm, i think i'm gonna need multiple choice <laughs> was it kojak colombo tj hooker or kolchak the night stalker I wish it was D, but it's Columbo. Yep, it's Columbo. Okay, so uh, you've only missed one out of out of ten. Um, so this this last one's going to be more difficult. This will be the most difficult question. We'll see if you get it right. So the Ooh. Princess Bride came out in 1987. What famous song came out in the same year? 
This is going to be is a Prince song. Rain? I just know. It. <laughs> <laughs> is it? Is it Purple Rain? Walk like an Egyptian. Danger Zone, or Jump. Oh, okay. <clears throat> you could have just put Purple Rain on there because you wanted me to pick it. Um, wow. Okay, 1987. Danger Zone is Top Gun. Top Gun came out later than that, right? So I'm not, I'm mm. going to not say Danger Zone. You're trying to throw me off. Um, <laughs> and then uh, Jump. That's the Jump. Jump, jump, jump. No, right? no, no, no. It's Van, Van Halen. Van Halen. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, not da, da, Chris Cross da, da, will make da, you jump. Da, 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 da. That was yeah. 90s. Yeah. That's why I thought that's clearly not it. So it could totally be that. I'm just going to go with, because I have no clue, I'm going to throw a curveball and say Purple Rain. Nope. That, that was the 84, 1984. It was Danger Zone, wasn't it? No, nope, that was 86. It was the one that I didn't even consider. Which, jump. Uh, that was 84. <laughs> that came off the album 1984. It was even called 1984. It was Walk Like an Egyptian, the Bangles. Huh. 1987. I got it wrong. Uh, but you got 8 out of 10, so that's that's pretty good. You got 80%. I'm happy with that. It's passing. There you go. I'll take it. Awesome. I'm proud of you. I'm very, I, I am very proud of you. Thank you, Professor Phil. 